You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. On this episode of the podcast, Beth from at Beth's Bookshelf has a chat to me about her bookstagram account and then we play a game of Taylor Swift Roulette. This is where we put a bunch of different Taylor Swift songs into a wheel, spin them and then answer uh, the prompt that comes up with a book. Uh, It's a unique episode, but it's a really fun one and there are no spoilers. So I do hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, Beth, and welcome to the Bookstorian podcast for the second time ever. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. You are so welcome. Um, There are many, many books that we could talk about, but uh, we have a surprise for our listeners today and we're going to play a game of Taylor Swift Roulette. Woohoo! I'm so excited because I literally love Taylor Swift. So anything Taylor Swift and bookish, if you combine them, like I'll be happy because when this year started, I was trying so hard to find a story graph Taylor Swift reading challenge for the year and like I couldn't find any so I was like should I make my own but I don't have time for that so if anybody wants to do that for next year please message me and I will promote the heck out of it and um I also think that people could almost use these prompts as a bit of a Taylor Swift reading challenge and see if you can um find your own books that go with this um we are going to have a chat about uh we're going to do an icebreaker question first and then I'm going to allow you to share some information about your uh bookstagram account and then we'll get into playing a game of roulette perfect so my question I have for you is what book are you going to read next Okay, so the book that I have decided in my head that I'm going to read next is The Vanishing Half um, by, let me just Google this because my brain is... It's um, Britt Bennett. Brain, so Britt Bennett, that's what I thought. I didn't want to butcher it. So yeah, Britt Bennett. So I am a mood reader, so I could change my mind, but that is the one that's on my bedside table ready to be read so um, I have a family member who just read it so it'd be good to like discuss that and um, have somebody else who's just read it and it's like still fresh in their head so we can talk about it Um, so it's been on my shelf for a wee while so I'm excited to pick that up I have read it I quite enjoy it Um, it's a good story about sisterhood for sure Um, and it's certainly like a race and the idea of like crossing over it's quite interesting yeah I know the blurb like really pulled me in so I'm excited I just feel like Mm. I have so many books on my shelf that I'm like ah what one am I in the mood for and I feel like I've always been in the mood for that which makes me even more intimidated because I'm like oh I know I'm gonna hype it up and then what if I'm disappointed so just gonna like bite the bullet and do it Um, (laughs) I also adore the cover for that one like my version's got uh, like teals and hot pinks and like this gold detailing through it that yeah really um captures the eye <laughs> yeah definitely my book that I'm re- going to read next I think because I'm also a mood reader I'm actually reading if we were villains at the moment uh, which was one of your suggestions on your bookstagram that I know you really like um but so obviously that's very like dark academia feels um so this one is a little bit different it's the perfect find by tia williams and 
it's uh, it's sort of like a bit romance, rom-com, enemy to lovers. Um, and I've read Tia Williams' other book, uh, Seven Days in June. And whilst I liked a lot of things about it, there was a lot of things I also didn't like about it. So I'm going to give her another go. Um, I think that this one's a little bit more up my alley. Uh, Tia Williams is also a, a, like obviously she's an author, but she also has a... A magazine background and this story is actually about a magazine uh, or digital magazine so to speak or yeah digital article kind of thing um, so she knows a little bit about this world too which I always think makes for a good book when the author knows about the world they're writing about that's definitely yeah that's definitely true I think as well the enemies to lovers trope is so popular right now mm. and I feel like I need to like get on that train because I don't think I've read many books like that so if you like it I'll consider reading it definitely and I should also say thank you to Hachette for sending me a copy of the perfect find uh, last <laughs> month but I still haven't read it <laughs> so as a <laughs> As I mentioned before, Beth, you have actually joined me on a podcast episode before. And for anyone listening, and uh, in case you want to go back and re-listen, or you haven't listened at all and want to give it a go, uh, it's episode one of season two. And we had a chat about our 2021 reading goals, which seems so like far away, like so yeah. long ago. <laughs> and um, we... Oh, what were our goals? I know I recapped on mine. I did an episode at the end of last year that was about my reading goals and how I had and hadn't achieved them. I think I mentioned a few books that I wanted to reread in 2021 and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually now curious to go back and listen to that and be like, did I achieve any of my goals? Any of my reading goals? Probably not. <laughs> I think you said you wanted to read one book and you definitely did that. Oh, I did. I did. That was my goal last year. Oh, I definitely. Okay, fine. I achieved that. I think I read like 30 or something. So that's good. Yeah. You smashed your goal. <laughs> smashed my goal by like 3000%. <laughs> And we've, um, we've like been obviously communicating via the wonderful world of Bookstagram uh, since 2021, which actually it was since 2020, because I think we actually um, recorded the episode at the end of 2020. And um, I've just been patiently waiting for the right idea to come along and to chat to you again. And obviously Taylor Swift was the right one. <laughs> Definitely. So for people who haven't heard that episode before, or maybe they don't yet follow you on Bookstagram, can you please describe your feed? Okay, so I would say my feed is I I try and capture coziness and warmth and like that feeling that reading brings. And I think I've said that for a little while um, that I just want my account to be like somewhere that somebody who's maybe thinking about reading or like hasn't read for a while or like isn't a reading slump can go to and be like, oh, look how like wonderful and joyous and magical and cozy reading can be. So I take photos of um, like my home decor with like books in it. I'll take photos of my bookshelf. I'll take a lot of photos like at my desk where I keep like some of my favorite books. And I've recently started doing book stack photos, which have been really, really fun. So I'll choose like a genre or a prompt. So like the other day I did Oxford classics and I just took a, a photo of like a bunch of Oxford's classics in a stack and I did like a stack of like old books and new books and like just beautiful books and I always try and like annotate my photos as well so I'll use procreate and just like draw on the pictures and like write little things on them or review the book on the photo so that 
if people can't be bothered reading the caption, which I know can happen sometimes, or you're just too busy, like you can still get like a sense of what the photo is about and like what I'm trying to encapsulate just by looking at the photo itself. So I think that's where I'm at right now. I've had a bit of like crisis with bookstagram over the last like year, maybe just like since having a baby, it's just like, how do you have time to take photos and stuff? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, um, I think it's shifting and changing, but I feel like I, in the last maybe like month or two, I've gotten into a bit of a routine. I've also been trying to take photos, like more scenic photos, like reading in Scotland. So if I go on holiday or something, I'm like, ah, I need to bring a book on our hike because it would be so nice to like take a photo here. And of course I always end up reading anyway. So um, yeah, I think just trying to be like warm and adventurous at the same time. Cause I think that's what books make me feel. It's a, certainly a beautiful like blend of things coming together. Um, and it's really cool to see how much your account has evolved, um, even in the last like 12 months since we last spoke or 18 months since we last spoke too. So um, it's certainly like the annotating on photos. And like you said, people honestly do just flick through and very rarely read captions. Um, so one question I did really want to ask you is I'm always in awe of your content ideas and that you have the time to think of them. So and as you've mentioned, like you annotate, you've got writing tips, you've got book recommendations. Like where do you actually source your content inspiration from? I think this is a hard question because I feel like inspiration only hits me like maybe like two, three times a month. And I'm just like, oh, I got to take that. So definitely like the traveling has been like a good source of inspiration. And when we go on like these beautiful hikes or whatever, it's um, I just find that like just like a breath of fresh air and I think in the midst of like a very busy season of my life it's just like it's really spacious to like have that moment and just to capture it um I think as well I don't know if there's like a word for this movement but there's definitely been a shift on TikTok and Instagram where people like I guess it's like the romanticizing your life movement um so people are creating these like seven second reels of like their whole summer and it's like lovely and beautiful but it's very short but I think it's important to do things like that and just like record small moments so I think seeing that and being like okay maybe this isn't like the kind of photo I would take like two years ago when I had like a very curated account but taking this photo of me reading in the rain or like my book covered in raindrops is like still a beautiful moment for me and like that was like a core memory for me on that day because my son had just fallen asleep in the pram and I got to stop in the rain and read my book and I just took a photo of it and I was like oh this is like a lovely photo so I think those are two big things that I source inspiration from at the moment um and then yeah just there's lots of other talented bookstagrammers that um are doing new cool things and people are becoming more like candid and casual about the way they take photos so I think I've been inspired by that I still don't want to lose like sort of like my trademark in bookstagram which is to curate and edit photos and annotate them and they're not always candid but I do want to keep recommending books so when I do these book stack photos it's like a good chance to like recommend five books at once and have it in a, in a genre stack which I think makes it easier for people to be like oh great um historical fiction let me like look at some of her recommendations so I think hopefully that answers the question but yeah just everywhere and anywhere <laughs> really hey listeners want to know when a new episode of the bookstore and podcast drops make sure you have followed or subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to never miss a new episode again all right let's get into the book chat for this episode
And ultimately, people are on Bookstagram for the books um, and this probably listening to this podcast for the book. So let's get into our book chat. I, um, I thought it would be fun to do a ruler episode using Taylor Swift songs. Uh, so how this will work is that I will enter a bunch of Swifty song titles into an online random generator and we will spin and we will see what prompt comes up and then share a book that connects to the song. So it could be as simple as a title, a vibe, specific lyrics, or even the music video. Okay, cool. Let's go for it. Excellent. Okay, let's spin. Okay, and the first song title is Cruel Summer. Beth, I'll let you go first as the guest. So for Cruel Summer, while I was looking into the lyrics, I realized I have not read any books where like a girl goes after a bad guy, which I feel like is what the song is about, you know, bad, bad boy, shiny toy with a price. Um, so I was like, ah, what am I going to choose? Do I need to read a book? But then I was like, okay, wait, A Court of Mist and Fury, she kind of goes for a bad guy. Um, obviously, turns out to be like, you know, the love of her life, whatever. But I thought that the whole thing about like, it's new, the shape of your body, it's blue, this feeling I got, like how she meets um, Rysand, Rysand, however you want to pronounce it. Obviously, they were different species and I was like this actually works really really well so for that I've chosen A Court of Mist and Fury or the whole series any book and although that is what my friends call um fairy trash we all still love it here in Australia we call it fairy smut (laughs) yeah I've heard that as well (laughs) um I love that series and um, I could definitely see how A Court of Mist and Fury in particular really relates well to that song and the lyrics you pulled out. Um, I realised after answering most of my prompts, so many of the books are almost romances because so many of Taylor Swift's songs are about relationships and romance. So we'll see how we go. I don't think all of them are, but a lot of them are. So this is the first one to kick off the romance. I put down The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. Um, mainly because it's quite witty. uh, Well, the book, if you haven't heard of it, is quite a witty, fast-paced rom-com about Olive and uh, a Hawaiian honeymoon that she takes with her sworn enemy, um, who's called Ethan. The premise is they end up going on the honeymoon of uh, their... I think it's her sister who gets married and then her brother-in-law. So this is is the brother-in-law's twin. So it's kind of like the the two siblings of the married pair end up going on the honeymoon. Um, it's a very like steamy song and it's a, a the unhoneymooners is a very steamy romance. So if you haven't read it yet and you're currently experiencing summer in the world, uh, which we are not here in Australia, I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend um, bumping that up your summer romance list. <laughs> yeah. I've not read that, but I guess for steamy book recommendations, either that or court of thorns and roses, you're going to tick those boxes. <laughs> yeah. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> you won't. All right, let's spin again. I'm glad that we haven't got the same answers yet. I'm interested to see if we'll have any that line up. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Our second prompt is The Man. Okay. One of my favorite ones <gasps> to sing. So mine for The Man is Sheila's Badass Women of Australian History by Eliza Riley. 
Uh, if you haven't heard of this, it is a non-fiction book and it's an entertaining romp through Australian history that celebrates the badass heroes who were never taught, who we were never taught about in school and who definitely deserve to be printed on our money. Like they are, um, they, they're important women that are most often overlooked. So I think for me, the most striking thing about this book is that it was the wit was relatable, like it was written by a millennial and it was very easy to understand the language. Um, it felt very modern and like fun and hilarious. And Eliza, who the author, she covers a really large scope of women from pilots to spies to swimmers to mermaids. Like it's a whole different scope and um, she does it really well. So I would recommend the audiobook of that. It was um, very entertaining. I want to see more books like it on the market. Yeah, I have heard of that, but I've never heard anybody like reviewing it or talking about it. So it's good to hear that it's like a book that you would recommend. And the whole idea of like the man, because if they were the man, they would have been written about. They would have been in the newspapers. They would be in our curriculum, but they're not. So they weren't men. So mm -hmm. they're not taught about. They're not in the history books. <laughs> exactly. For this one, I'm going to recommend a book that I didn't exactly like, but it definitely fits this prompt and I think the premise is still very interesting and I would love for somebody else to write this book because I think there's so much that could be done with this world. So the book is, um, again, let me just look up the author's name. Um, the book is Vox by Christina Delcher. So this book is about a sort of near future in America where women can only speak 100 words a day. Um, so they have like a counter on their wrist and if they exceed 100 words, they basically just get electrocuted. Um, and they have this counter from like when they're basically born. So again, like toddlers and stuff like cannot speak more than 100 words a day, which the author didn't like delve into that aspect because I'm like, wait, that would be cruel and so interesting to like hear about that. But there was like lots of avenues that the author didn't go down. But essentially it's it follows a woman who is very smart. She's a scientist and the government need her to create this like medicine for um, the president's brother. And so they take her counter off and she um, endeavors into this world of men again. Um, but it's sort of like how she's still treated as lesser, even though she's smarter than everybody. And there's always the risk of like, if she doesn't obey and follow all the rules, like she'll have her counter put back on. So that's the book for this one. Nice. Thank you. Two very different books, uh, but obviously very similar themes behind it. <laughs> All right, let's spin again. There is plenty on here to go through. And the next one is Wildest Dreams. Um, definitely one of the most whimsical Taylor Swift songs, I feel. It's such a special Taylor Swift, Swift song because I feel like after like many years, she came out with a song that sort of had the same vibe as like Enchanted. Mm. um and so I just loved it um okay so for this song I don't think I like oh so I was stuck between A Court of Thorns and Roses again so I obviously recommended that but the next thing that like sort of came to my head was Daisy Jones and the Sticks mm. because I feel like the the lyrics are sort of just about how um I guess his name is Billy right Billy sort of felt towards Daisy and like um, just like how they couldn't really be together. So it was only sort of happening in their wildest dreams. Maybe that's a spoiler. Should I say that? It's okay. I've actually got a little spoiler alarm 
that I've made for this oh, season. Oh, okay, great. Right. Okay. So I could actually yeah, probably can... put the spoiler alarm <laughs> just before you yeah, say Yeah, I didn't spoil too much, but yeah, <laughs> no. I think, yeah. I think it's, a, yeah, it's another, like, sort of steamy song and, um, you know, say you'll remember me standing in a nice dress, red lips and rosy cheeks, even if it's just in your wildest dreams. I feel like that sort of captures the relationships in that book. And, like, the very fleeting but epic nature of the romance as well yeah yeah Uh, so mine is one that i recently read and absolutely loved and it is one night on the island by josie silver have you read any of her books before beth no i haven't um i really loved this one and i know one day in december is probably the more popular of her two books that circulates around bookstagram um in december (laughs) around the christmas period (laughs) Uh, So this book is about Cleo, who is a popular romance columnist, and she decides to escape her busy life in London at the insistence of her editor. So, and then we also have Mac and Mac is a passionate photographer um, and also a father who needs a temporary sea change. Uh, It's again, another enemies to lovers trope. And it also has a sprinkling of the one bed trope within it. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Hugh Romance. Um, I read this book recently and was just so swept up in the story. I was completely, like, um, swept away, just like Wildest Dreams as a song is. Um, And so the entire song for me connects to this story. So firstly, the setting. Like, it's a wild and whimsical setting. It's a remote island off the coast of Ireland. Uh, But there's also this moment in the book where the character marries herself. That's not a spoiler. That's on the blurb. It's like on the first page. And it's actually, the scene is written incredibly well. And it's so beautiful and picturesque throughout it. And those lyrics say, you'll remember me standing in a nice dress, staring at the sunset. It actually brings through the imagery of that moment in the book when I heard that lyric in the song. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds like it matches really well. Yeah. And you're kind of like selling me on the book as well, even though I can't stand the one bed trope because the flat <laughs> traumatized me. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, flat shares one of my answers for one of these prompts. Oh no. <laughs> um, what prompt do you want to spin up? Because we're about to spin again. What one are you, are, do you most want to talk about? Hmm, I, the lakes. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know whether mine is on. I don't know what mine would be. Maybe New Romantics. Because that's actually one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah, I love that song. I do have like a pretty obscure answer for that. So, but yeah, the lakes. The lakes. I don't want to spoil you though, but like, it's about we'll, a few are villains. But like, <laughs> let's see what happens then, shall we? It might be spun okay. up next. <laughs> I'll just answer it without spoiling it, but there is something I really, really want to say oh, about it. Oh, no, look. No, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's the lakes. It's the lakes. Oh, great. The lakes. Okay. Okay. Well, so, because you're on the edge of talking about it, go for it. Okay. So for the lakes, I have chosen if we were villains. 
So first of all, the reason I chose this one was about the song is about, you know, poetry and writing. And I feel like it has some like sort of dark academia moody vibes, which is literally what If We Were Villains is. So if you don't know, If We Were Villains is about a um, um, like an acting school. So there's like six characters and they all study Shakespeare. So they're literally obsessed with Shakespeare. Like the whole book is just Shakespeare quotes, basically. But um one night something terrible happens and of that event and there is a lot of like um complicated relationships and things like that but the reason that i chose the lakes for the song is because if you've read if we were villains there is a theory at the end of the book about a lake and things like that and i don't want to spoil it because i know you've not read it but um yeah, there's, it, it's just, it's the perfect, the perfect prompt to go with this book. So when you read it, you can like listen to the song as you're finishing the final page and you can just be like, oh my gosh, even the line where it's like, those Windermere peaks look like a perfect place to cry. I'm setting off, but not without my muse. Just like chef's kiss. I can't say anymore, but chef's kiss. I'm getting chills. I have a hundred pages left and I reckon I'm definitely going to finish it in the next few days. <laughs> oh my gosh okay yeah put this song on as you're on the last few pages oh okay i will i will <laughs> all right um mine for the lakes is the paper palace by miranda crowley hellier um again one that featured a lot on bookstagram a few months ago um if you haven't read it uh every summer l bishop and her family stay at the decaying paper palace soaking up the sun frolicking in the water and washing away each year the paper palace really became a safe place to Elle, uh, representing some sense of stability and a chance to cleanse her spirit until one year her feelings for her childhood love bubble uncontrollably to the surface and were swiftly propelled into the past of unspeakable secrets and left to sift through the pieces. So this was a book club book for um, the book club that I am in a few months ago. Um, and it was a very interesting read to have as a book club book because uh, there's that um, non-linear narrative and swift sort of shifts in narration. And there's also a really wonderfully eccentric mother as well as a controversial ending. So there's so much to like talk about uh, with other people about this book. The thing that uh, reminds me of the lakes the most is the setting is essentially near this huge big lake and uh, the character of Elle and her family return there every year for a holiday. And the song, The Lakes, also fills up a sense of nostalgia for me. And I feel like that's what the character feels like when they go and visit the lakes. Um, so, yeah, it, it pairs quite nicely. But I'm also very excited to listen to it when I finally finish If We Were Villains. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, so far, there's, like, the lake imagery and If We Were Villains. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just think, like, even Take Me to the Lakes where all the poets went to die i don't belong oh. neither do you it's just like did he read that book and then write this or did <laughs> ml rio listen to the lakes and then write if we were villains but yeah oh. paper pals has been on my radar but i've heard mixed reviews so i've not picked mm. it up yet but yeah yeah it is look i i quite liked it like i think i was like three and a half four stars i didn't mind it because i like a change in a radar um it doesn't bother me if the the ending's a bit open um mm. Like it's a very like love triangle, like a lot of things about it are the sorts of things I like reading about in a book. Yeah. What's your yeah. favorite Taylor Swift song? 
of all time, it has to be Long Live. Um, it's like five and a half minutes or something of like pure emotion. And I think the story that it tells just like reminds me of like the feeling of like loving somebody so much that like other people don't want you to be with them, mm-hmm. which was like my 15 year old crisis. Um, <laughs> so the obviously like I don't really relate to that anymore but I think like past me related to it so hard that it's just become like a staple in my life Mm. um and I think like the way it builds is just like oh so good and then the next favorite like has to be safe and sound just because of like how much it meant to me when it was in the Hunger Games and like that period of my life is probably like one of the top three seasons of my life like the Hunger Games era and I just thought that song was like stunning yeah I look I'm a mood Taylor Swift listener, just like I'm a mood reader where it will really depend on the mood. Like I will definitely put on mean and bust out like the lyrics to that in the car as I'm driving home. If I've had a crappy day, we'll shake it off. Um, But then like, I love to dance to like new romantics. um, And, but Holy Ground is one that's always stuck out to me. Like the 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 bangers. Yeah. Like the beat in the song. Um, yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I actually couldn't answer the question. <laughs> no, it's so hard. One song I love that, like, I, nobody talks about is False God. I just feel like it okay. is such a vibe and, like, it's unlike anything else she's ever sang before and she does it so well and it's, like, sultry and kind of jazzy and I'm like, Taylor, what is this? Can you release a whole album like this, please? Yeah, yeah. I definitely really like um, some of the newer like Spotify playlists that came up when she did Lover and when she did the like the Frog, is it Frog Frog Pond Studio stuff. Like I love how that's done acoustically or sung live. Like Cornelia Street sung live in Paris. Oh, I adore yeah, that I, version of it. I've actually like not listened to that stuff yet because I don't know. There's something about listening to live music not live that just makes me really sad. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> why am I not there? I'm sorry. I'm so devastated we didn't get like a lover tour or lover fest. Oh, I know. Like I feel so cheated. I actually walked down the aisle to lover. Like that was my yeah my song. Because so there's a lyric in that that says swear to be over dramatic and true. And if people know me, like I'm everything. I'm very dramatic about everything that I do. Um, and that whole idea of like, I'll go where you go. And like, we go camp, like my husband and I go camping together. Like there was just so much about that song. I did cut yeah. the second verse because it talks about like, I'm really jealous of other people. Okay. When people look at you. I was like, I'm going to cut that bit out. Cause that bit doesn't relate to me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh. I bet, look, there should have been more Taylor Swift in my wedding, but that was the one song I got. <laughs> Yeah, now that I'm like looking back at my own wedding, I don't think there was any Taylor Swift except for maybe, maybe one song at like the dancing part of the wedding. But like yeah. other than that, I'm like, why didn't I not just have everything? To <laughs> yeah, I don't think my husband would have let me do that. Yeah, which is why I had one, and I was like, it's a song I walk down the aisle to. It's the one I get to pick. Yeah, it's <laughs> your moment, and you'll choose what you want to walk down the aisle to. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've definitely sidetracked a bit there. Okay, let's um, yeah. let's do another prompt. Cool. Long live isn't one of the prompts, unfortunately. I know. I was like, what would I even choose for that? My own life. <laughs> My journals. <laughs> okay. It's Invisible String, uh, which okay. would definitely have to be one of my um, most listened to songs uh, last year or year before. Mine is The X Hex by Erin Sterling. So what this book is about 
um, is Vivi, who is feeling particularly heartbroken one night um, and armed with a bottle of vodka. She, her and her cousin Gwyn decide to place a hex on her ex. Little did she actually know the hex would backfire on her one day and could actually jeopardize the life that she's built for herself. So it's a little bit of like fantasy, magical realism through it. I'm pretty sure it's set in Wales, uh, which is like an unusual setting for a book. So there's there's like three reasons why Invisible String reminds me of the X-Hex. The first one is uh, there's a lot of talk about ley lines in the book, which I'm not overly um, in touch with like witchy goddessy things. Um, But ley lines to me feel like a bit of an invisible string vibe. Uh, Secondly, there's the autumnal setting. So the little town where the X hex is actually uh, set in is during is also during Halloween. So there's just all these like beautiful like leaves and I, it's kind of like Gilmore Girls vibe. Um, and then thirdly, the story is actually about two exes that have this like string that seem to tie them together, even though they're away, and then like brings them back together in the story. So yeah, that's that's that my sounds thought. like it perfectly fits. Yeah, it it's sounds nice. like it fits really well. I have. Yeah, I have had that book. Like, I almost nearly buy that book. Like, every time I go into Waterstone, so one day I will. One day I will. I say that I have like two hundred fifty books on my shelf that I haven't read. So I'm like, oh, one day I'll read that. Like, no, I probably will never even get to the books I own, let alone other books I've not bought. But it does look really good. Books to grind problems. Exactly. <laughs> so my my book that I chose for this was One Day by David mm. Nichols. Have you read it? Yes. And when I was brainstorming for this episode, One Day is actually written next to um, this song. I'm doing a pathetic job of trying to show Beth at the moment <laughs> on, my, on my screen, which is oh, also reversed for her. But yeah, I had also written this book down for this prompt. But yeah, it just fits really well. Yeah. So this book is about Emma and Dexter who meet um, one night on the 15th of July, 1998. And then they don't see each other until the next year on the 15th of July. And every year after that, they sort of meet up on the 15th of July um, for like 20 years. And I remember just reading this and thinking, wow, like lyrically and like in terms of writing style, like it's just beautiful. And I, I don't know what I would think about it now. I read this when I was like maybe 1920, but I just remember it being like such a well-written and kind of like dainty writing style and I think like the song also has that kind of style yeah so I think the lyric isn't it just so pretty to think all along there was some invisible string tying you to me just like fits in so well with the fact that like this couple um have this connection and it's like so strong that it lasts for so many years even though they rarely see each other um so yeah I just think it, it fit it fits well with this book I'm going to suggest we spin one more and answer that. And then um, if it isn't new romantics, I will share my new romantics one (laughs) anyway to finish. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see what comes up. There's a few others there. State of Grace, The Last Great American Dynasty, Message in a Bottle, Welcome to New York. Oh, look at that. It's like it's heard me. It's new romantics. Oh, wow. Yay, new romantics. (laughs) All right, I'm going to let you go first for this one. Did you say this is one of your obscure ones? Yeah, it's really obscure. Okay. I was like... Hit us with it. <laughs> okay, so obviously this song is about, like, 
um, how you're kind of, you get knocked back down and you pick yourself back up, right? And um, you would do that alongside other people. Um, so for this song, I've chosen the School for Good Mothers. Now, this song is very upbeat and happy, and that book is the complete opposite. It is miserable and it is heartbreaking, and it is not romantic at all. But the reason I chose it was because of the lyrics. I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. Every day is like a battle, but every night with us is like a dream. We're the new romantics. Come along with me. Heartbreak is a national anthem. We sing it proudly. So this book is about a mother who gets her daughter taken away from her because she left her on her own in the house for two and a half hours. She was only two years old and she gets her daughter taken away. And eventually she ends up at the school for good mothers, which is essentially like a prison um, with like some other parks, I guess. Um, and Frida lives alongside all these other mothers who have had their children taken away from them some because of things like oh well they coddled them too much or they let them play in the garden um without them also being in the garden with them so like things that like you shouldn't have your child taken away for and then there were other parents that you know they probably should have had their children taken away from from them so this very vast range of sort of um offenses that these mothers have done um but together, these mothers sort of like band together and survive this year at the School for Good Mothers and they get knocked down after like time after time and they pick each other back up and they form like this incredible bond with each other and also with their relation to relationship to motherhood. Um, and without spoiling too much, um, the story doesn't end how you'd think it would end. It doesn't have a conventional ending, but I think that Frida made a decision that matches these lyrics about how every day is like a battle, but we get knocked off and we get back up on our feet kind of thing in a very um, controversial way, I guess. Um, I think if you read the book, you'll kind of understand what I'm saying, but I wanted to choose something that was a little bit obscure just because I think that this song has like quite a lot of like room for interpretation and I think the chorus does match the battle that the mothers have to go through in that book. Nice another uh, very popular bookstagram title that one. <laughs> yeah. um, mine is Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Um, it's a very funny like occasionally heartbreaking novel about growing up growing older and learning to navigate things such as your friend, such as friendships, jobs, loss, and love. Um, it was one of my favorite reads of 2021 and a very good audiobook. So if people enjoy listening to audiobooks. I highly recommend it. Um, I giggled over like the MSN chat references, nodded along to like the satirical invites that uh, you get as you reach your thirties and also like reflected on their own relationships in my life and loved the metaphorical uh, the millennial metaphors throughout. Um, it's also just recently become a series. It's streaming on Stan in Australia. I'm not sure um, what else it's on around the world. Do you know in Scotland? Um, I think, what's it called? Everything Everything I Know About Love. Yeah. Um, I have seen that. I think it's maybe on like one of our like BBC things. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I can just double click. Yeah, it's BBC. I think it's BBC for us. Yeah, cool. 
I've watched the first six episodes. I think I've only got two more to go. Um, And the lyrics like just ooze this whole message of, of the book. And it's saying we're so young, but we're on the road to ruin. We play dumb, but we know exactly what we're doing. We're cry tears in, uh, we, we cry tears of mascara in the bathroom. Honey life is just a classroom. And like the whole book is about friendship. Like it's, it is about friendship go to woe, uh, what happens when you invite other people into your friendships, when people fall in love, uh, like romantic love. And look, it's just an amazing book. My best friend, Hannah, recommended it to me. Um, and where I, I know that it's Dolly, but I can't remember in the actual memoir, in the book itself. Um, one of us is very Dolly and one of us is very like Dolly's BFF. Um, I'm definitely the, like the birdie. So it's birdie in the series, but I can't remember, you know, you know that thing you do and you can't remember the names of the other characters in the book? Um, yeah. <laughs> even though you love it? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be mine. Um, yeah, comes highly recommended. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those books that, again, has been on my radar for so long. I've just mm. not picked it up. But I was in Waterstones the other day and it was, like, everywhere because, obviously, of the BBC adaptation. So I nearly mm. bought it then I ended up buying birth notes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one day, one day, one day, bump it up, bump it up. <laughs> so Darling. to end the podcast, I'm going to do a very quick fire this or that with you. We did this together on the last episode we did, and I'm going to make it more of a regular thing on season five of the podcast. So are you ready? For some I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Bookshelf or stacks everywhere? <laughs> quick, <Bookshelf>. quick fire. <laughs> Sorry, what's A single POV or dual POV? Dual POV. Villain protagonist or hero protagonist? Mm. Villain. Bookish candle or bookish clothing? Bookish clothing. Yeah, and you're also wearing a bookish item yeah. of the clothing. Thriller that or romance? Oh. <laughs> Um, thriller or romance thriller nice and that is it that brings us to the end of the podcast that's it oh that was so fun that was really do that like every year (laughs) well there's so many taylor swift songs we could almost we could do one every season (laughs) i know like and we would never recycle the same songs no or hopefully not the same books either (laughs) i know i would need to read more books so that's the issue Hold up, before you go, here's a little snippet of what to expect in the next episode. So something else that you have started via your Instagram account is the Asian Voices Book Club. Uh, So this is sort of a double barrel question. Uh, Why did you start the book club and how did you actually go about establishing it? There were a number of reasons why I wanted to start the book club. Um, The first one was when I started reading again, I kind of just went for what was popular or what was hyped up at the time because I hadn't read for so long and I was like, oh, I need to get up to speed on what everyone else is reading. Um, But I found that out of all of those, the stories that resonated with me the most were books by diverse authors, um, in particular Asian authors. So I absolutely loved Helen Huang's The Kiss Quotient series. I loved Dialay for Aunties. And from that, I wanted to read more books by Asian authors, but Personally, for me, I kind of found it a bit hard to find more recommendations in comparison to 
finding books by white authors. Um, it often took a lot more research to uncover some new books to read. And secondly, um, around January, everyone was kind of posting their New Year's resolutions and also their reading goals for the year. And a big one that I saw, which was common, was that people wanted to read more diversely. So with those two reasons in mind, I was like, I feel like a good way to achieve this would be to come together and start a book club and in particular dedicate it to Asian voices because it's an area that I'm most passionate about. So I ended up running it past a few of my bookster friends and seeing who was keen. And then from there, I kind of just started it and then um, posted about it. And then a few people that I didn't know and like a few mutual followers um, said they were interested and it just started from there. You have been listening to the Bookstorian podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram at the Bookstorian podcast.